your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we are talking about female psychopaths. Yes, female psychopaths. You know, all psychopaths, not all, but most, have charm. They have lies, manipulation, lack of remorse. These are the marks of a psychopath. They, they understand social rules, but uh, prioritize their own self-interest. And so their whole life is about manipulating people. And until the 2000s, most research on psych- uh, psychopathy used male participants, assuming that the findings would transfer to females. But that was only partly correct. Male and female psychopaths show similarities in those core characteristics, such as lack of empathy or remorse. But the ways in which psychopaths process information, make decisions, and behave appear to differ between the sexes. Female psychopaths, for instance, are typically less violent than males, though they can be just as remorseless and manipulative and extremely destructive. You know, clinicians generally don't expect females to be psychopaths, so they might miss the signs. I know I have. You know, it's important to note that professional ethics enjoin experts from diagnosing someone they have not personally evaluated, but some do offer opinions when uh, solid uh, biographical information shows a person's behavior to be consistent with psychopathy. And so in these kind of cases, details of the person's life must be observable enough to collect data for an evaluation. And since more data is available for killers and con artists than for mean girls who merely defy social conventions, they're disproportionately represented in case studies of female psychopathy. Now, there is a associate professor of social work and criminology at Chatham University in Pennsylvania, and Christine uh, Sartechi was Sartechi, excuse me. She was able to evaluate Jody Arias uh, through the lens of psychopathy. And in 2013, Arias was convicted of a 2008 murder of her former boyfriend Travis Alexander in Mesa, Arizona. She shot him. She repeatedly stabbed him. She cut his throat. To near de- nearly decapitated the poor guy. His wounds suggested that he fought for his life. And under arrest, Arius offered several successive versions of the event. First was, I'm not probably wasn't present. Second, she was present, but armed intruders killed Travis. And then she killed Travis, but in self-defense. She swore that each lie was true. She smiled broadly for her mugshot because she knew it was going to go on the Internet. And she tried to charm her interrogators. She even exhibited superficial charm and a grandiose sense of self-worth and manipulation, a lack of empathy, sexual promiscuity. She was always prepared to distort facts for her own advantage. And when caught in lies, she easily pivoted to revise them. She also flirted with reporters, displayed a narcissistic sense of entitlement and invulnerability. And she even threw Travis under the bus to make herself look like a victim. 
You know, many psychopaths seek to destroy others however they can. You know, female psychopaths may undermine your self-esteem by innuendo or bully you and turn friends and family against you by poisoning your reputation behind your back. There's no end to what a, a female psychopath might do to shatter your life. Many female psychopaths are pathological liars who are more cunning and manipulative than the male psychopaths. Female psychopaths usually desire to be the center of attention, and they demand center stage. Now, you have to really listen closely to their style of speech. You know, they often manage to play the victim. They may shed crocodile tears to, to play to your sympathy. And then the next moment, the tears can transform into laughter. And their personality turns it on and off like a neon sign. Sound familiar to you? Anybody you know? You know, dare not to challenge this person. This could trigger a ballistic response called narcissistic rage. And so the psychopathic woman is often known for histrionics, and her award-winning performance can be convincing enough to persuade her audience to believe her side of the story even after hearing your side first. And she may resort to whatever means necessary to get what she wants and will use any tool possible, including flirting with your partner, with your attorney, whatever. Otherwise, you know, they work through seduction. And in the end, the female psychopath is often loyal to nobody. They may believe that they're entitled to everything while it pleases them to give you nothing. And they might gloat over your misfortune. While, and while they're gloating, you may even notice a smirk on their face. After all, why should uh, you have more than her? You know, that's the psychology of it. It all centers around the psychopath. And, and she might steal, deliberately damage a, a, a possession, especially something that's treasured, by the way. And if she gets caught, she will never apologize because it was really always your fault. Gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. As a matter of fact, they distort stories in their favor and blame you for what they do. And they're also driven by envy and personal inadequacy. You know, the core of a female psychopath may not, uh, they may not like themselves, but it, they rarely help to feel sorry for them. No matter what you do for her, no matter what you give them, she will remain ungrateful. And she's likely extremely envious and desires to obtain everything that she wants since she believes that she was cheated out of life's bounty. And it's up to her to get even with the score. Joan of Arc, you know. What she wants is impossible to get. Why aren't, you know, movie producers banging down her door? Why doesn't she have the long legs of a rocket? Mind you, what she wants has no end and brings her no satisfaction. She appreciates nothing. And be aware if she offers you gossip as a, a confidential information. She is telling others the same stories, many of which might be half-truths or even full-blown lies. And she may be highly adept at uh, siding uh, up to people. And she'll size you up in a moment while you're still trying to figure her out. And there's also in the female psychopath uh, an incapacity for love. The most devastating and destructive of her psychopathic traits may be her incapacity to love anyone, even their own children. And, and this intrinsic incapacity spells doom for any relationship that this person enters. And to understand what distinguishes female psychopaths from males, it helps to have a feel for who psychopaths are, are generally. 
the development of psychopathy is really complex and it's a uh, it's it's kind of like a conglomerate of, of biology culture environment and then there's genetic factors influence predispositions and temperaments and researchers have also uh, posted that there are two subtypes the primary type shows distinctive uh, neurological deficits and a blending of emotions while the second type exhibits more anxiety substance abuse and other mental health problems and and also psychopaths are not all violent but when they are they tend to be very cruel and criminally diverse they repeat their crimes more often than a non-psychopathic offenders and they're more destructive and their offenses are primarily that of, that involves say self-gain such as theft or selling illegal drugs many are predatory and they're acutely attuned to their own advantage you know, they, they, these folks, the, the female psychopath and all psychopath, exist across all cultures and ethnic groups and an estimated frequency of about 1% of the population for males and dot three to dot seven for females. And some researchers challenge these numbers, citing bias towards male manifestations and uh, bypassing the female. And so females are, are with higher psychopathy scores offended a, a much higher rate and showed deficits in their conceptual reasoning, their mental flexibility, and their problem solving. And so, you know, if you look at that, there, the, you know, there's a, a, a lot of studies. There's one back in 2015 of 343 females that showed that they had a higher scores on the interpersonal and lifestyle facets of psychopathy, which would be such things like uh, manipulativeness, grandiosity, impulsiveness, than they did on the emotional and antisocial facts, lack of remorse and delinquency. So that's where the males tend to fall and the females tend to fall in this uh, sense of grandiosity, manipulativeness, and uh, impulsivity. And, and you know, female psychopaths seem to be less physically violent than males, but there's not enough evidence to really come to clear understanding of that. You know, the gender differences is mixed. Females who develop this kind of a disorder may show it through verbal and relational aggression. Perhaps they want to harm someone socially through gossip or ostracism. And also female psychopaths appear to have a stronger need for others' approval, worse image, and more anxiety relative to males. They may even use flirtation, sexual behavior, feigned suicide attempts to pretend to be the victim of an assault to get what they want. You know, the, the, the diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder overlaps into psychopathy, but the two are not the same. You know, the antisocial personality disorder relates largely to behavioral aspects of psychopathy. So many people who meet that criteria do not have the core of the personality characteristics. Nevertheless, research finds that antisocial personality disorder is less prevalent in women and at roughly one-third of the rate in men by estimate and females with the disorder show less overt violence. Even when females with antisocial tendencies do become violent, the nature of the violence tends to differ from that committed by the man. And so, you know, if you look at all this stuff, you have to understand that, that uh, you know, people have been evaluated, females have been evaluated to demonstrate scattered traits, rarely achieving the score 
of uh, uh, of uh, of 30 which is in the PCLR which is the rater for personality related disorders the vast majority appear to have the features and the context and the histories of abuse and neglect which is where this comes from bad childhood bad damage a lot of abuse a lot of physical a lot of mental uh, it could be a wide variety of uh, types of abuse verbal um, but it comes around usually through child abuse. You know, if you look at the motivations, they're often different also for females. Males tend to be motivated by sex or strivings for domination or power over other victims. Females tend to be driven more by profit, notoriety, and uh, some other uh, practical end that they may come up with. And so violent male psychopaths often harm strangers. But but you know females are are when they're when they're like a serial killer they typically target family members they do not tend to sadistically torture their victims but instead kill them expediously and we do not see the severe violence for the sake of severe violence in their motivation as much, unlike Jody Arias. You know, the psychopaths are typically attracted to jobs involving power, status, money, and they tend to be very charming and very personable at first, you know, and, and they make friends. And they often engage in splitting behaviors among uh, the, the staff of where they work or the units. So people don't figure them out. They kind of split their personality. They're different based on different people and say different things to different people. And they convince a lot of people, uh, their coworkers especially, to believe that they're good uh, people who are victims of a witch hunt. And the views are split, however, as other colleagues who sense that there was something wrong feel divided from those who support this person, and, and, and psychopaths are, are pretty rare, but we have no way to screen them out unless they show their psychopathy in some other way, like falsifying their credentials or stealing people's belongings. You know, some female psychopathic offenders show symptoms of other conditions as well. There, there appears to be, you know, a link uh, between psychopathy and borderline personality disorder, which is characterized by a lot of emotional instability, impulsive behavior, unstable relationships, uh, uh, prevalent sexuality. Um, you know, the, the, the borderline psychopath, these two disorders share a lot of neurological and cognitive similarities, which suggests that they have a common dispositional uh, vulnerability. And, so, and despite the overlap, these disorders have distinct differences. Psychopaths hope to orchestrate a con, while those with borderline personality seek to meet desperate needs. So people with borderline look for strength and stability in others so they can siphon on it and drive that person absolutely crazy. And then the psychopaths attune to vulnerability. Psychopaths also don't fear abandonment the way that the borderline personality does. You know, if, if you look at that, you have to pay careful uh, attention to the differences in the disorders that, so you can actually identify, is this person really a female psychopath? You know, it, it's also understanding that, that an emotional disorder with, with an impulsivity problem in it might be more prevalent, you know, and it's important to understand that they, they 
can get a clearer view of psychopathy across the sexes. It helps us understand how to attain a diagnosis for a particular individual, female or male. It's helpful to be able to understand the differences because their operating systems are very, very different. You know, when you hear the word psychopath, we usually think of men. But when it comes to psychopath, most examples are of men. And, and this is true of fictional characters like Hannibal Lecter or Jim Moriarty, or, you know, it's true of also like uh, Charles Manson and Ted Bundy. But, but looking at women, we have to go, is there really a female psychopath? What the truth is, we don't hear a lot about them. They're rarely depicted in, in fiction. The only notable exceptions is like Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, Annie Wilkes in Misery, Amy Dunn in Gone Girl. And they're rarely studied in the scientific literature. But that doesn't mean that female psychopaths don't exist. We just don't have all of the research on it. It's only been 20 years that we've actually understood that there is a difference between male and female psychopaths. You know, there's been a few studies. Uh, 17% of uh, incarcerated women fit the criteria of a psychopath compared to 30% of incarcerated men. But what about the outside the prison system? You know, what are the odds right now you have one lurking in your life, in your job, in your home, in your family, in your friends? I mean, they're out there, folks. Here's the problem. Because we rarely discuss female psychopaths or see them in the news or in the movies, we're not as good as uh, spotting them as males. And in this part, this is because female psychopaths don't necessarily look and act the same way as the male does. But it's important to keep in mind that psychopathy is a personality disorder. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and learn how to spot the female psychopath. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. 
Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about female psychopaths. You know, mental illnesses manifest differently in men and women. And it the, the only correlation I could come up with is like a heart attack. You know, men get chest pain, tingling in the left arm, sweating. Those are most common in men. But women, when they suffer a heart attack, they tend to experience different symptoms like shortness of breath and nausea. You know, the stereotypical signs of a psychopath, including uh, animal abuse and violent psychopaths and superficial charm and successful nonviolent psychopaths are, are really indicative of male psychopathy. But female psychopaths exhibit different, often less violent signs. And as a result, they're more likely to go undetected. You know, there's a big difference, number one, in narcissism. You know, all psychopaths are highly narcissistic, but this means they see themselves as superior to those around them. But how this narcissism is expressed differs from men and women. Male narcissists tend to shout their self-praise from the rooftops. They tend to brag about their accomplishments, their superiority on social media. They have no problem telling you to your face that they're better than you. Female psychopaths are different. They're more covert about their narcissistic tendencies, not that they don't do some of those other things too. They smile and praise you face to face, but think they are better than you behind your back. There's also differences in their aggression. Male psychopaths tend to display their aggression behaviorally. They engage in physical assault, Abusing animals, commit violent crimes. This helps explain why the percentage of psychopath in male prisons is double that of female prisons. Since male psychopaths are more likely to engage in violent behavior, they're also likely to get caught and locked up. However, female psychopaths are better equipped to fly under the radar. This is because they tend to display their aggression relationally. They spread gossip about you at work. They gaslight you to point that you doubt your own sanity. They leech off of you. They manipulate you to doing their bidding. Um, you know, it's, if you refuse to go along, 
They threaten to harm themselves in response, and they master puppeteers pushing everyone's buttons and pulling people's strings to get what they want. And in the end, the difference comes down to this. Male psychopaths throw punches. Female psychopaths throw shade. So what do you do if you suspect there's a female psychopath lurking in your life? Well, the first step is to identify them which is harder than you may think, despite that there's a lot of movies that lead uh, most psychopaths not psychotic, raging killers. Instead, most are what psychologists call successful psychopaths. They're CEOs, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're beloved celebrity, you know? And, and so that's the good news. If there's a psychopath in your life, they're not likely to kill you, but here's the bad news. They're likely to make your life miserable, and to harm you in less obvious ways. And this is why detection is so important. You know, before you start feeling paranoid, you need to know this. Not every woman who gossips or threatens self-harm is a psychopath. Psychopathy is a narrowly defined disorder made up of a lot of traits. There's three primary. You know, uh, the... <laughs> It's, if you look at the traits, to learn more about, you, you can identify, you know, a psychopath. You have to understand with a female psychopath, they're going to be manipulative, they're going to be grandiose, and they're going to gaslight. You know, in truth, there's little you can do to change a psychopath. And what is gaslighting, by the way? Gaslighting is making you feel like you're crazy. Everything's your fault. They take no accountability for themselves whatsoever, and once again, they love to be a victim. You know, there's little you can do to change them, and being a psychopath isn't a choice. It's something that is hardwired into people's brains. For example, when people view distressing images or immoral behavior, psychopaths, both male and female, show reduced activity in the amygdala. And so their part of the brain that controls the processes of emotion compared to non-psychopath, and this explains they, they have a less heightened problem with people being hurt and victimized. And this explains why they are unaffected by suffering of other people. They lack empathy, and it runs deep within their uh, uh, neural architecture, their neurology and their brain, their highways, their neurological highways. And in a sense, psychopathy is a disease of the emotional circuitry of the brain, especially the part that deals with interpersonal emotions. So if you can't convince the psychopath uh, uh, in your life to change, what can you do? Well, unfortunately, it's often the case that the only way to beat a psychopath at their own game is to refuse to play. Don't engage in their gossip. Don't take the bait when they push your buttons. Stand your ground. Don't let them intimidate you. And if it all fails, do what victims in all of those serial movies do. Serial killers, sorry. I have a new tooth in my front mouth and my um, capped on my tooth, so it's uh, driving me crazy. So I'm all over the place with my words right now. You know, the female uh, psych uh, psychopath often use intensity, fluctuating emotions, anger, uh, contempt. They're not atypical for women with strong psychopathic traits. These emotional displays and behaviors are often demonstrated within their, their closest relationships, their marriage, their parenting, their job, their significant other. You know, with their partner, she, the psych female psychopath, is prone to rage, often with jealousy as the underlying uh, deriving force. And similar to males with psychopathy, her aggression is often instrumental, even goal-directed. 
You know, she abuses her partners emotionally, physically, and primary. The, the primary psychopathy is present. They're likely to be nice, narcissistic, manipulative, deceitful, prone to aggression when they're slighted. They can never be wrong. They are always convinced they're right. You know, many women with psychopathy like to be seen through uh, their chosen mask, like a sweet girl or a caring wife or a helpless victim or an independent leader or a generous neighbor or a loving mother. However, their core is callous, non-empathetic, and selfish. Their mask, the ego, is typically in complete opposition to who they really are and maintaining a favorable image and remaining in a one-up position in all interactions is very, very important. Thus comes the lying and manipulation. You know, uh, uh, they, they, by the way, they love to correct, they love to belittle, they love to berate other people in order to demonstrate their perceived superior stance. There are some women with strong psychopathic uh, tendencies that will present it, this disorder in the same manner as exhibited by men. They could be physically aggressive, they could be intimidating. However, they, they consider a number who are present with this as mixed, borderline features. That's more common of the female psychopath. The borderline features added in, particularly within their intimate relationships. The, the borderline features likely cause her to appear emotionally unstable, uh, liable in her romantic relationships, and her symptoms rarely are fully reflective of the full borderline personality uh, uh, diagnosis. And women with psychopathy will quickly and easily direct their aggression at any rivals in their relationship or even toward their intimate partner if they feel uh, they, they've been hurt by them you know, or rejected. And God forbid you reject a female psychopath. She might attempt to destroy emotionally, financially, socially, physically, whoever she feels has threatened her relationship with herself or her relationship with her intimate uh, friends or their partner. Even that includes the object of their desire. They tend to be abusive, disrespectful, callous, manipulative in their relationships. They use sex, seduction, threats of self-harm, and uh, usually are how they uh, manipulate people. And, and, and psychopathic women will hurt and relentlessly target others via confrontations, stalking, slander, cyberbullying, smear campaigns, verbal physical aggression, and they require minimal or no provocation to ignite their wrath. You know, in their intimate relationships, they can be emotionally liable and unstable. It means that they're very, very highly emotional. However, she can present as emotionally detached from others, uncaring, neglectful, and abusive toward her own children or partner. And people with psychopathy do not generally care about others, regardless of the relationship they should share with them. And unfortunately, if the condition is present, they're unable to generate a level of connection. And this is just downright sad 
but they can destroy people's life and they will make it a mission to destroy someone's life. Even if that person has children and people that depend on them, they are bound and determined to destroy people. That's how they operate. They enjoy the stimulation of conflict. They have a low threshold for aggression. And psychopathic women usually feel justified for antisocial behaviors. And given that they have uh, psychopathy, there's no remorse, guilt, or shame. Period. You know, as a mother, you know, there's this narcissism, this Machiavellianism, and uh, the psychopathy. These are the so-called dark triad. They manifest in people as excessive self-love, a manipulative attitude, a lack of empathy. And it's clear how many people have these traits, but it's it's not clear. But various studies and estimate put the number somewhere between 1% and 10%. But people with uh, this uh, dark triad personality, once again, that's narcissism, Machiavellianism, psychopathy, they are reported to have an obsession with themselves and struggle to, to, to see the point in other people's feelings. And because of this, their relationships are often abusive and controlling. And romantic partners can be manipulated, used, and tricked into believing they are crazy before being abruptly devalued and discarded. You know, a common question that comes up is whether the offspring of a person with those dark triad would be treated in any difference Uh, than people's uh, romantic partners, but narcissists can never really love anyone but themselves. And that they don't even love um, themselves most of the time. You know, uh, narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths do not have a sense of empathy. They do not and will not develop a sense of empathy, so they can never really love anyone. This doesn't change when they have children. You know, they don't just all of a sudden become this great parent. You know, there's no primal instinct to protect and encourage their children because the child is not seen as separate entity, but merely a tool at their disposal. And they tend to see children as an extension of themselves and a possession. And, you know... (laughs) You know, they may say something like, I'm not, I'm going to nurture you so you can grow up to be the amazing person you are meant to be. You're supposed to grow up and do this because you're my trophy. You're my thing. I'm, I'm supposed to be living through you. And so you need to be a reflection of me. So they do a lot of manipulation and gaslighting to turn their children into who they are, you know, (laughs) They're really happy, a female psychopath is really happy to check your phone. Uh, They can do anything they want. They can just barge in your room, basically not respecting your sense of property. You know, there's no emotional boundaries either, so the children grow up not really sure what boundaries are. Does that sound familiar to any of you? You know, the child may be expected to find all kinds of functions that they shouldn't have to do. For example, narcissists tend to be very unhappy people with low self-esteem. So they may unload a lot of unnecessary emotional baggage on their kids who are used as listening ears for that psychopathic female who has problems and a source of emotional comfort comes through the children. And that's what they're supposed to do for mommy. This continues over the years, and the only reason I had you was so you could take care of me for the rest of your life. 
you're not allowed to have children. No, you're not allowed to get married. The parent would be meddling in all these different relationships, left, right, and center, creating all sorts of drama. So the child stays single because they have this crazy parent that they have to deal with. And their self-esteem is low because if they're with a partner, that partner has to witness their mother's horrific uh, uh, problems, narcissistic problems, and they are worried that that person will reflect on them in the same way, or they're worried that they picked up the trait that they've been programmed to have from their female psychopath parent. You know, throughout their life, children may also be expected to be a punching bag, either physically or emotionally. And this become harder as a child ages because they become stronger, more aware. So the parent may counteract this by hacking away at their self-esteem. So as a parent grows older, and their health starts to decline, their sense of self-esteem becomes really shaky. Then the child grows up, becomes strong, becomes powerful, has more sense of self, is very difficult for the parent to watch. So there becomes this unhealthy competition, putting them down, telling the child they're fat, they're useless, they're ugly, whatever they can do to manipulate their self-esteem and destroy it so they'll focus back on the psychopathic parent. And it, <clears throat> Whenever the child accomplishes something in their adult life, the parent will take credit. For example, they might mention that their child is a very good trumpet player or that, you know, they're, they're, they're playing in the symphony or they may, may be highly talented at a certain thing. So they hold that up as a way to look at them through their child's success. Every single thing is always brought back to them. So the child is brought up thinking, I have no sense of self, I have no say, and I do not matter. And also, these kind of parents use the dynamics of the golden child versus the scapegoat. And that's another technique that they use. So the dynamic can shift depending on how many children they have. But it's remarkable how often the same power dynamics play out in these families with more than one child. In most cases, one child becomes a golden child, can do no wrong. The child can live in fear because all they want to do is please mommy or daddy, so there's no trouble. So they will be loved. So they get this reward, and it's almost transactional. And then the second child may be used as a scapegoat, blamed for everything. So much so that the parent may enjoy uh, playing the children off against each other, creating an unnecessary competition. And if there's a third child, it's often the lost boy or the lost girl who's neglected and more or less ignored. And if you watch these kind of families and see these traits in narcissistic parents, this often also plays out. Essentially, it's designed to keep the self-esteem of the child low so the child will always stay small as a possession. And so there's a lot of dictatorship over what a child can or cannot do because it's all about the parent's sense of self. You know, the fear of, of uh, the children of people, well, the female psychopaths, may have growing up and turning into their parent. However, you know, there's some research that shows they often hate the idea of their children growing up and want to keep them from doing being a, an adult as long as possible. And so when, when you, an adult child of a narcissistic parent, grow up, you may feel something is wrong but cannot necessarily identify what that is. And you may always have associated love and appreciation for conforming to the demands of your psychopathic mother. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back. Change your world. 
Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about female psychopaths, and we're still talking just one, just a few more minutes about the mother as a female psychopath and their effect on their children. You know, one less common way that children of people with, you know, female psychopath, they react, uh, they have what's called a siege response, and be, they become used to protecting themselves by becoming less sensitive, walled off, and extremely independent. And, you know, you you would do whatever you had to do to manipulate others to treat them as if they are the parents who wanted you to meet their every expectation. And this is more or less a passive aggressive attack on your parents through other people doing to others what you wish you couldn't have done to your narcissistic parent, you know, that you could have done. And, and, and more common is the compliance response, becoming used to putting your needs to the side and wanting to bend over backwards to please everyone you meet. You know, children of narcissists, they tend to be taken over by this compulsion to serve other people. 
that's how they, when they become completely empathetic, overgiving, and are used more by narcissists, and they are uh, destroyed. Their lives, they become uh, codependent, um, which is usually what the female uh, psychopath is married to, is a codependent. And they believe if, if they do what their mom wants, everything will be okay. It's going to be loved. And the moment you don't do something, you're going to be completely devalued, be insulted and scolded. So you learn that your views and your dreams don't really matter. And, and the scapegoat person, child that we talked about in the earlier segment, usually the second child, uh, may have never measured up to the golden child growing up. But they usually do better in life. And they may grow and venture out into the world and discover freedom. And by having more obviously negative feelings associated with their parent, they may be more able to break free and create a new healthy life. Now, at work, both narcissists and psychopaths will use a range of strategies to advance themselves in the business world. You know, if you're working with one, you might not even realize it until they do something devious and underhanded to crush you. It's estimated that, that, that these populations is about uh, 4% among business leaders. You know, chief executives often have the highest prevalence of psychopathic traits, you know, which is the second only to, by the way, prison inmates. <laughs> you know, primary psychopaths are unemotional. They're, they're callous. This is all psychopaths. We're not talking just about females. They're manipulative. They don't they don't they do take not take risks. They experience little or no fear and anxiety. The scary part is they have no guilt or remorse. They have a very strong association with antisocial personality and narcissistic personalities. You know, if your boss or colleague's behavior is motivated by personal gain, and they seem to demonstrate the lack of emotional sensitivities towards others, you might have a classic psychopath among you. Now, once again, we broke out the secondary types of the female psychopath, which they're going to be more grandiose. It's all about me. Attention seeking, using their sexuality, using their charm, gaslighting the hell out of people, lying, manipulating. That's how they operate. And that's how they operate at work as well as at home and every other place in their life of any significance. You know, the secondary psychopaths, which this means that it's it's more of a backseat feature to their life, they're really emotionally unstable. Although their traits are more associated with criminal behavior, you're still likely to find them in the workplace. They're rash, they're impulsive, they're emotional, they're anxious, they're hostile, they're aggressive, and they're self-destructive. However, unlike the primary psychopath, they're disorganized and associated with risky decision-making. And they have the capability to experience some degree of fear and remorse and to empathize effectively. But due to their emotional disturbance, these emotions are often covered up by their hostility and their aggression. So there's this distempered psychopath. They crave excitement. They have a low tolerance for boredom. And they're drawn to dangerous sports and activities. And these guys are generally termed as hotheads. They're predominantly males. They're more likely to be aggressive and violent, frequent flying into rages. But if your boss or your colleague is charming and uses it to their advantage to effortlessly manipulate others, apart from their children, charismatic psychopaths are irresistible pathological liars. And they can talk people out of anything. 
You know, the main reason for their charm is that it allows them to mask their antisocial tendencies and enables them to get away with things. And then there's this egocentric, impulsive type of psychopath, and they bend the rules, manipulating, lying to gain personal benefit. This is oftentimes more of the women and unable to commit to long-term goals, that they have this egocentric personality. They're all, they, they, they believe grandly of themselves, you know, and uh, that's just a big problem. They're narcissistic. They see the world as a hostile place um, and themselves as innocent victims of circumstances, which may also mean they tend to r- rationalize their aggressive behavior to blame others for their own problems or their own failures. It's been shown that there's a strong link between egocentric, impulsive psychopathy and borderline personality disorder, once again, in women. And according to another study, psychopaths flourish under leaders who are also psychopathic and narcissistic. So that's like the henchmen, you know, they tend to be the second, the second uh, psychopath that you have to deal with because they attract each other in places where they thrive but they allow each other enough space to operate differently than the other. So you may have a CEO and then a CFO, and both of them are psychopaths, but the problem is they have their own little world to operate in, and they hopefully will come, in their minds, they will hopefully come together and be able to build this gigantic empire uh, out out of themselves. And, and get great recognition and have a huge effect on the world, usually in a damaging way. Usually there's more bad than good that comes out of it. It may sound good, what they're doing, but then what in the end, like they may build up a company, but in the end they may retire everybody early and keep hiring other people for cheaper labor. This is just how people do. That's how it goes in these days. The more narcissistic and pathological leaders are, the more successful they become because they work through intimidation. And so that's why the workplace is often their great arena where other people can actually identify who they are, what they are, and what they're all about. And in a female psycho, uh, psychopath, they enjoy the workplace, they enjoy the recognition, they enjoy the television, they enjoy the m- interviews, they enjoy all those activities because that puts them out there first, first and fo- foremost. They also, women tend to use the bullying tactics. That means they manipulate others to bond with them. They use their victims' feedback to build and maintain control and then abandon them when they're no longer useful because that's what it's all about for a narcissist. People are things to be used, including their children, including their partner. You know, they take uh, credit for uh, de- de- and deflect blame. They create and maintain conflicts and rivalries among colleagues. You know, both narcissists and psychopaths have traits that could be positive. And they can be highly successful in business, but their ability to create a toxic work environment can increase conflict, stress, staff turnover, absenteeism, people going out on stress. So they cause a lot of uh, uh, problems on the on the backside of it. You know, if you're going to be around somebody like this, ground yourself, realize their behavior is a result of their insecurity and their childhood and that it likely will never change. Protect yourself. Know your rights. Build a support network, have witnesses, get everything in writing. 
You also want to build your reputation and relationships. You want to keep your emotions in check and don't show that you're intimidated by them. You also want to, you know, wherever possible, opt for online communication as negotiation and manipulation are more difficult when you have a legal record with a timestamp and a date stamp of all communication. That is always needed for someone like this. And by the way, they uh, are smart. The, the women are very smart and will get into email and manipulate email information as if you wrote it instead of them. That's how they work. You know, female sociopaths and narcissists are really dangerous precisely because their manipulation often flies under the radar. Although there is an ongoing debate about the definition of a sociopath versus a narcissist, you know, it's safe to say both types exist. And one has a cautious lack of empathy, a tendency to manipulate and con people for their own gain, a tendency of egocentricism, excessive entitlement, along with blatant disregard for the rights and the needs and the feelings of other people, no matter who they hurt, no matter if it hurts children, no matter if it hurts families, they do not care. They only care about themselves and putting themselves out there. They think they're a victim of the world. They think that you made them a victim and they will use you in that capacity in whatever way they can, any shape, form, or fashion to gain their own uh, ways. They mirror and they love bomb you in order to get information. (laughs) You know, when a female sociopath first meets you, they're on a mission to collect as much information about you as possible. The female sociopath is is basically assessing whether you make a good target, uh, you know, an unsuspecting victim. And and they'll shell play for your sympathy and pity by pretending they have a similar life experiences as you. And then they they'll also have believe make you believe they have similar interests, hobbies, passions, life goals, values. Little do you know they're cold and calculating, and and they want to find out as much as possible about your strengths and weaknesses so they can exploit you. You know, and th- th- also they're superficially charming. A uh, female psychopaths are demonstrate exaggerated speech gestures which lack authenticity. Authenticity. They also, uh, much like a male, a female is uh, uh, projects kindness rarely meets her eyes. She has a reptilian demeanor, and you may also notice a flash of envy, anger, greed from time to time when the mask comes down. You know, but the problem is they like to be superficial and glib, and they can be just as convincing, if not more, than a male psychopath. And they also want to sabotage you uh, covertly. The aggression of a female psychopath is unprecedented. It, it's carefully hidden beneath multiple layers of constructed traits that one can make for sincerity. And remember that narcissists and sociopaths and psychopaths are chameleons, adapting to social situations based on what they suspect will bode well and will best suit their needs to hunt for victims. And much of their manipulation is channeled through relational aggression. And so that involves damaging someone's social relationships, their reputation, and they see themselves as a queen bee. All right, we've gone into all this talking about female psychopaths. I'm hoping that helps you identify them in your life and figure out a way to get as far away from them as possible. I want to thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can do that through our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel. 
Dr. Gary Bell's absurd psychology. Now remember, female psychopaths like to join sides with their inner demons. Also, wouldn't it be nice to have a lifeguard for psychopaths in order to get them out of the gene pool? Also, if you want to trigger a psychopath, tell them that they are a psychopath and see what the fireworks look like. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 